0: Right, guys, welcome to Debrief after episode with uh, Chris Tarbell. David, we talked to a Fed on Bankless. Did you ever think that was like going to happen in a good yeah. context, in a good way? <laughs> is, this the, is this the first time we talked to a Fed? Yeah, I mean, like, the, the thing is, well, this is, so it's an ex-Fed. ex-Fed. Guys, I don't think that you can actually, like, talk to the Fed right, in a don't. way that was, like, casual and conversational and fun right. and behind right. the scenes yeah. uh, when they're active inside of the Fed. So uh-huh. that's why this is sort of a, a rare opportunity. Not to say we wouldn't, I just... Like, even a um, uh, special agent at at the FBI right now who is in the crypto division, Mm -hmm. uh, we couldn't have this kind of conversation with that person, right?
1: Right. Well, they just you're saying that because like. They have secrets and they can't share those secrets with you because it's an active investigation or whatever. Hundred
0: percent. And plus, yeah. they're also employed there, so there's just lots of things right. they can't yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: so, so uh, the best case, the best thing we can do is get a recent ex-fed, which is what we did basically. Yeah.
0: And the, and you're still able to talk about things that happened ten years ago. But uh-huh. still, this is one of the biggest things that ever happened. The biggest. It's the biggest seizure of right. Crypto ever in the history of crypto and i think this was like a legendary like um we, did, we didn't ask we didn't get to this part of the story but I, I i'm somewhat familiar with this like the fed basically auctioned this bitcoin off so the 177,000 bitcoin that they received i believe they auctioned it in some batches i remember Is that um, the
1: bitcoin that matt draper bought
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, adam draper adam, adam draper, draper. excuse me Matt Draper was an old college friend of mine. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Did he get some too? (laughs) He did not know. All right. So Adam Draper bought this and it was, you know, it's basically after the 2013 crash. Right. So it's like in 2014. And And it went for a hefty premium because
1: everyone was like, oh, the government's selling this. It's clean. Like the government's never gonna. Oh, come that's at right. Yeah. That was uh-huh.
0: the discussion at the time. And right. then it was um, perceived
1: to be like, and then like conversations about Bitcoin fungibility followed, and like it all turned out. Into but it was a like,
0: who's the whale that's gonna step in? And apparently, right. it was Adam Draper who yeah. bought a big chunk of this and some other people, and so they sold it all. Um, so the Fed doesn't actually keep that money; they uh, apparently they auction it off. But that's what happened right. to the to the Bitcoin on the other side. Right. Um, right. Well, let me ask you. Um, you, I've heard you talk about free Ross. Uh huh and i obviously i know your values around you know crypto Uh um but this is more than values around crypto this is kind of when you say something like free ross you are asked to apply those values to a specific case right Right. and so i you know we don't have to talk about what like your values are with respect to like um you know uh crypto and all of these things i think that's fairly well established but did this change your mind on the facts of the case and are you still in the free Ross camp or has this kind of changed things for you?
1: Yeah. There's a bunch of different like ways to approach this. First off, there's like Ross Ulbricht, the idea, Russell free Ross, the idea free Ross, the movement. Uh, There's like silk road and the principles that it stands on the libertarian values. Um, But then at the same time, there's like the facts and matters of the case, which is like, Ross Ulbricht paid for the assassination of someone. Uh, Allegedly,
0: done. that hasn't been that part hasn't right. been okay. Well, assuming
1: in court. assuming the facts as stated, as sure. accepted by the nation state. So like there, so we so we could go. It's like all right. Was that a fake? Like Ross Ross says, like the details were planted, and he totally was didn't do that. Is that what system. Ross says? I, I'm assuming. Well, that's I'm what I, I, I think so. Yeah. So like okay. they're disputing the facts that Ross even paid for the assassination in the first place, assuming that Ross. Did pay for the assassination and the details are as Chris says that they are, which I'm inclined to believe that they are um, then like, yeah, so Ross Ulbricht paid for the assassination and then that assassination went through according to him from his perspective and then he paid for that and sent the crypto And so like, yeah, that's a,
0: that's, that's murder. It's murder. Let's also remember that that's not what he went to jail for too. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. So like, that's, that's the other detail is like, there's that, but then also there's like this political overhang of like Bitcoin, the state of New York. uh, And so like, like a lot of the. Ross conspiracy theories is like he he was made an example because of Bitcoin, not because of the free road or Silk Road. Excuse me. So like there's a bunch of like nuances about the about the details about the case.
0: Um, I I think one thing that at least to me is like um, you have to do something. uh, I mean, awfully bad to be put in jail for life sentences. Double life plus 40. Double life plus 40. Right. And again,
1: I I don't often frequently hear about anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, is is SBF? He stole a Guy's lot of walking money. Walking around, brother. Right? I, I mean,
1: On a VPN watching football. It, it's
0: just, I think there's a difference between the question of, like, did Ross do anything wrong and should he right. be, like, put in jail or, or uh, go into kind of the, the criminal justice system versus what some would say, and I think I agree, this is a, a massive sentence. He was clearly made an example of um, you know his whole life, and was the dude in his twenties? Yeah, in uh, his twenties. Yeah, and and young. um, I think there's uh, spent a portion of this in solitary as well. Yeah, of course. Right. Chris, Chris is not involved in any of that side of things. Right. He's accurate. just kind of the. Oh,
1: he's 38 years. No, born 1984. He's
0: okay. older than you. So he's he's kind of the justice. He he's, he's not the the ex- executive branch. He's kind of well, I guess he is. But anyway, he he is the the cop on the beat finding doing doing what he's supposed to and like it's obviously the criminal justice system that that locked him away for so long so that's another wrinkle of things of like i i just have a really hard time personally getting on board for like caging a human for this amount of time for the things that he was convicted of in in court right the drugs are charges and all of these things right uh that that me feels beyond the pale but yeah you're right you could pull apart this issue and there's lots of things and so it's hard for me to get fully on board with um the free ross camp too um but I'm also like Ross should be freed at, like at some point probably like why 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 is but but uh what what do you think of the the other thing that you were tearing apart which is the Silk road right. do you think that is a, a marketplace that should be in existence like
1: govern like should should the Silk road exist
0: isn't this like an acid test for how libertarian you are as you you yeah. basically say, should the Silk Road exist? Argue this, and I don't know what um, and Eric Voorhees would say about this, but what would you say?
1: Oh, I think Eric Voorhees would definitely say the Silk Road should exist. Um, I understand Chris's point when, like, all of the bad, uh, tr- bad exchange of services and goods exist on the Silk Road. That's basically what it is, and so like all of the all of the legal commerce doesn't have to be on the Silk Road. The Silk Road is explicitly a host uh, of, of illegal commerce. So, like, does that place get to exist? Um, and, of course, determine, it's determined by, like, well, how severe are the rules of your nation-state? Because if the nation just makes everything illegal, well, then we absolutely need the Silk Road. And so it's really, like, the Silk Road is like a check on power, right? If a, in an authoritarian uh, uh uh, dictatorship more and more good things like morally and ethically good things will be on the Silk Road just by the nature of a authoritarian leader uh, and so but in a free in a free world in a, in a free democracy when everything is free, then only the worst things go on to the Silk Road, like only the murders for hire. And like so, a like selection it's, bias there. It's like this yin and yang of just like how free is your nation state, and if it's overly oppressive and authoritarian, then more good things migrate to the Silk Road. How free is your nation state, and how open is your nation state, and if it's super open, then like the concentration of how bad
0: things are will stay on the Silk Road. Does all that all that make sense? It does, and yet it it's not the Silk Road is kind of the app, right? The thing that facilitates the freedom that you're talking about to either be be used for good things or, or bad things is a combination of the internet first, TCP, IP, like that kind of whole layer, plus um, privacy, anonymity on the internet through mm-hmm. Tor, plus cryptocurrency and ideally private cryptocurrency. Those are the ingredients that guarantee the freedom that, that you're talking about. So let's say um, you live in a country and um, just uh, b- basic economic liberties are being restricted from you just because you're a political dissident and your country is authoritarian and you're a promoter of, of democracy, right? I want those three ingredients, crypto, the internet, and uh, Tor, privacy, online, to be able... To be leveraged by someone to spin up a good version of a decentralized peer-to-peer marketplace like the Silk Road, right? So I like I think you can be a proponent of the neutral base layer and not restricting those technologies, like proponent of of cryptocurrency, obviously, te- you know, the internet and privacy on the internet, and yet be against the application of the Silk Road in your jurisdiction, for example, or in your country, or also think that it should be illegal, you know what I mean? And that's probably closer to my position on it, which is just like I am. If the if if governments or anyone in authority or power start restricting that that base layer, so that start restricting us from the ability to spin up marketplaces right. like a Silk Road, then um, I'm going to fight that tooth and nail. Right. Am am I going to fight for the Silk Road specifically? Right. For me. No, that's just not a battle that um, I you care as think. much about. Um, but I also can see some. It's like
1: almost, it's almost one in the same argument.
0: Is it's it almost,
1: a little bit like the the rights to produce a Silk Road is something you'll fight for, but the actual manifestation of that right you won't fight for. Like, it's but it's like, I, I
0: think I see it as different. It's just like fighting for spe- free speech versus you know um, supporting some. Racist or some tyrant use of that speech for example, and like this yeah, is a yeah. specific application of the freedom That I think you can be like for or against and that's still consistent with the idea that you want these freedoms Baked into your like the base protocols that organize society and you wouldn't want to see those restricted So I like this is why I'm, I'm kind of back to like I'm very happy with the tension of a cat-mouse and mouse game around these things Yeah, um
1: i think the answer is like should the silk road exist it's like well it's a part of the story of the cat and mouse between nation states and dissident technology and so i don't have an opinion but i'm glad the story is progressing
0: yes there's there's also another thing that's wrapped up in, into this which is like the war on drugs yeah. and so people say that's I a, think
1: that's a, probably a more precise question is like how do you feel about the war on drugs
0: I'm, you know, generally, like, this is not a political podcast, but I generally think it's been massively ineffective and filled our prisons. and Or um, maybe
1: about the philosophy of the war on drugs, like, sh- basically the question of should drugs be illegal in a nation state?
0: Yeah, again... I I don't know I actually I I don't know that I feel like I have a good answer solidified in my mind It's it's very clear to me that some drugs are less dangerous than others though I mean clearly we (laughs) caffeine is a drug and alcohol is a you know a drug that is socially accepted for um, Some reason there's marijuana and those those types of things and there are much more harmful um, types of drugs that are Mm -hmm. just kind of the types that like you use once and you're like you're going down a real bad path, right? right? Yeah, Uh uh-huh and so there's that ambiguity. There's like lots of lots of things intermixed with that question, but um, generally, I, I guess I would say um, free societies should be able to kind of make up their own minds about this, and be able to institute their own kind kinds of laws, uh, and that can evolve and change. And if you want to change someone's opinion on a specific drug, then you start at the lace, layer zero and you kind of work your way up. It's very much what's happening with uh, marijuana right now, right? right. Is like the millennials and the Gen Z's are like, eh, it's marijuana. It's like right. it's less bad than alcohol. Well, and, we're,
1: we're beyond marijuana these days. We're on to like uh, mushrooms, LSD and ketamine all being used yeah, exactly. in like uh, psychological uh, depression and anxiety treatments. But and, I like, think the a lot thing of, is about, about like a lot of these hardcore drugs is like whether they're on their own, like schedule one or schedule two, like that's not up for vote. And so really, I think the bigger issue is like the, whether or not like, Mushrooms are illegal or not is not up to the people because it's just been decided for us.
0: Yeah. Kind of the same problem with that. us in the SEC. Yeah. I, so I understand all those stakes too. Um, yeah. So look, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of nuanced, I guess. But so, so, but how, how do you feel? Like, will you come out of this? Are you going to continue to say, uh, and I, this is not a core part of your platform. I know. So I'm right. maybe making yeah. this a bigger thing than I think yeah, I've heard yeah. you say it maybe like I've once. Said it, I've said
1: it in the past. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: But, um, would you say it in the future? Do you think that like Ross, the ideology, I guess, and how tied up into crypto is, is Ross and, and kind of crypto values. Do you think is that, is that the hero we should be promoting? Is is
1: he the right martyr to, to rally? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think if Ross was still alive these days, he'd be a big crypto person for sure. Uh, he, I think he'd love Ethereum. Um, uh, and I, like I said, there's a. Did you a say difference. if
0: Ross is still alive?
1: If I did say that, I meant like okay. if he was still free. Yes, if he was still got free it, got, it, got, it. About. Like, got I it. I don't know. If you're in jail for double life and it's the brutal. prospects of a president uh, giving you a pardon are effectively zero, you're kind of dead in a way. I don't know that there's zero, by the way, but yes,
0: go on. Sure. In the yeah. future, yeah.
1: I mean, I wouldn't. If I was Ross, I would not be <laughs> waking up every single day. It's like, oh, I hope today's the day I get pardoned. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be thinking that. I'd be thinking. Like that's anyways, that's I digress. So like there's um the free Ross at uh, philosophy. And then there's free Ross, the details. And so like free Ross, the details like, mm, so he, but again, this goes back to like, he went to jail, not because he paid for the assassination of someone. Uh, I know. I know. And, <laughs> and double so like, life. Like the, rather his, than- his, he's in jail for in my opinion, political reasons to be made an example of. And I don't agree with those. Um, But can you make him a martyr? Yeah. But to make him a martyr, I'm like, well, well." so like my attitude on Ross is a little bit similar to my attitude towards SBF, which is um, SBF was a big moral ethical thinker, philosopher, pseudo philosopher way before he got into crypto was starting to write about moral philosophy back in like 2013, et cetera, et cetera and started to apply that to his creation of ftx like all right i'm gonna take ftx i'm gonna scale it out as big as possible make it as valuable as possible and i'm gonna give all that money away in the name of uh effective altruism and then somewhere along that path um he gets corrupted and he and he goes and he just gets corrupted right and i think that's the same thing that started to happen to ross where he created the silk road It's like, this is going to be a bastion of libertarian ideals. I'm going to promote what I believe and the values that I believe. Uh, Also, I happen to be making an absolute fortune in Bitcoin terms. Also, I'm uh, this king of this empire. Uh, This is my empire. I really like the power that I have. Oh, somebody is trying to usurp me. Kill them. There's a corrupting force. No no question, right? And I do think that that happened. And so by that fact... If those are the facts, that I do believe that Ross is not the martyr that we should stand behind. Not
0: the perfect hero. I, yeah. it, it makes me wonder about uh, Alexei Pertsev, who mm-hmm. right now sits in a jail yeah. in the Netherlands. And by the way, did you hear Chris say that the Dutch Dutch cybercrime police are are great? He said, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. At, I mean, that's who tracked Alexei Pertsev down. Mm-hmm. And he is, I'll just remind folks at the time we're recording this debrief, by the way, I have no idea when this episode's going to come out. This could come out a month from now, um, because we have so much in the queue, this Chris Tarbell episode. But but mm-hmm. as you're hearing this, uh, Alexei Pertsev is still locked in jail. And as far as we know, no crimes have been laden at, at his feet. And he created open source privacy technology. Now, we don't know all of the facts and circumstances there is
1: like what if the crimes haven't been made public like maybe it's because so there's some like silk road type investigation going on and they can't talk
0: about it and he's as guilty as as hell or maybe maybe it's corrupt it's not corrupt but like heavy-handed making an example of someone thou shalt not create open source privacy technology like let's arrest a developer okay this is like i think even um the gap between
1: best case and worst case is so large in this particular. Yeah, but example. also
0: yes, that's true. But like, what could he have? Been, he wasn't operating a drug marketplace or anything else. Like, I'm I'm just no, struggling. No, he with, could have been facilitating and
1: advising money laundering through Tornado Cash.
0: It's possible, and so we don't know. So the I guess what we have to do is is um, let that process play out, uh, and and cross our fingers and hope. Um, he is someone, is thus far, anything. I feel like is probably more towards the murder side of things and my god if if they really like arrested him for developing open source code and are kind of trumping up other charges uh then wow what what an utter failure what a, what an embarrassment what a what a retraction of uh democratic values that that would be um so i i guess we'll see but that's kind of another case of and you asked you asked chris chris like what are your thoughts on crypto what what do you think about like privacy and um you you heard a little bit of, like, Chris, the FBI agent, and then you also heard, like, Chris, the citizen. Mm-hmm. And those two takes were somewhat different, right? Um, it makes his job harder, of course. Right. But, like... Yeah, your job should be hard, right? It should be hard right. for the for the cat to to chase down right. the mouse because to
1: ask for your job to be easy is to ask for negative second order effects, right? Consequences, yeah. Right,
0: and so there needs to be some systems thinking right. applied to like things like cryptocurrency and and privacy before we knee knee jerk into like yeah, well it it allows um, people to
1: it's it's easy to rule over a nation state if one hundred percent of your citizens are in jail. Cause
0: then you have nothing. You're like,
1: oh, no, no crime. Great. Yeah. It's like an accidental like paperclip maximizer.
0: Yeah. Not not much of an economy though. <laughs> just have a yeah, b- whole bunch of citizens <laughs> in jail. Um. Did you know that there's the statute of limitations? Like, I I've just not read much about mm-hmm. statute of limitations in in these types of cases. But like to actually think about stealing <laughs> 50k Bitcoin mm. ten years ago and just like letting it sit in your basement somewhere, letting the timer tick down, and then being like, oh, I guess I'm rich. And sure, I owe some taxes. He said that
1: I I didn't actually follow that part. So there's a statute of limitations. Chris said that the statute of limitations had passed. Yeah. But then he he swapped Bitcoin Cash for Bitcoin and uh, and reset the clock. Why did that reset the clock? What's the point of having statute of limitations if the clock can reset?
0: I guess it maybe there's some technicality that they that they use that the clock reset because he, um, maybe that's considered rest stealing basically because so if he let I, look now we're just speculating right here but this guy tricked Ross into giving him fifty thousand Bitcoin all right he's got the Bitcoin on private keys somewhere on a laptop like under floorboards or whatever he's he's kind of hiding this right and he's kind of waiting his time and then he's like oh. Bitcoin Cash fork that's worth a lot of money. Free airdrop. All right, so 2017, he goes back in and he gets the free airdrop. He collects that. He he creates a a, a paper trail for himself, of course, with the exchange that he uses or however he kind of claimed it's so this fork. So dumb. Okay, but but then what I'm saying is then in 2017, he kind of restole the money, didn't he? Because it's another set of money that effectively he kind of took again so another crime is committed in 2017 maybe that's how they'd look at it there's a crime committed in you know 20, 2013 when he kind of you know stole it and then he's fine clock 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 and then 2017 he committed another crime because that was not his bitcoin cash to actually right, claim right, right and so he, he committed crime number two then and then you have to wait to 20 uh, 2027 to how uh, incredibly
1: dumb do you have to be like i would love to know what's going through that guy's house i'll just log into my account
0: and make a direct transfer of bitcoin i just but david i'm trying to imagine this is worth like 1.3 billion or something maybe maybe he put it through
1: a a mixing service because there's definitely mixing services on bitcoin so maybe like he thought he was good because he put it through a mixing
0: service but can you imagine let's say he didn't do that wipe that away let's say he didn't do the bitcoin cash thing and it's 2023 he would have been i guess maybe home free sometime this year or 2024 What does he just like come out and say, yo, (laughs) I've got all this Bitcoin. I'm the guy. I'm now a billionaire. (laughs) Uh, What's up, Warren Buffett? What's up, Elon? Let me join your billionaire party. And he just like the nation state just lets him keep that. Is that how this works? Really?
1: I don't. I can't imagine like (laughs) he's like, yo, I win. (laughs) I can't imagine that like somebody wants to come after him for that. Definitely like it it, like some lawyers like oh I I can get him and I can like there's there's definitely rewards there's upside for people pinning him down even if it's after the, the statute of limitations this is the kind of stuff like, like what is he like he walks into a courthouse and be like statute of limitations bro <laughs> yeah, the i got away of- with it he tweets out <laughs> yeah <laughs> like um
0: i can't imagine that's how it would work but that's what the way obviously he'd owe back taxes and such but you pay your bill and you still get to keep you know half of that whatever <laughs> Anyway, he did Long-term not do that.
1: Cap gains on, on stolen on Bitcoin. Stolen
0: Bitcoin <laughs> or just like, you know, treated as income, whatever. Um I don't know, man. But uh, but this is the kind of weird stuff that can only happen in crypto. It's like I'm trying to visualize uh Chris, an FBI agent, trying to explain to people in like the FBI vault where they've probably got like, I don't know, co- mountains of right. cocaine and like right. seized seized weapons and right. you know, cash, briefcases full of cash and he's walking in and oh, I've got something to deposit and it's just like a thumb drive right. with hundreds of millions of dollars on it. Um, that's pretty crazy. Back in 2013.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Unreal. That's a cool a story. That's so like th- this guy's brand, this guy has the best, um, guy doesn't have to do any marketing for his company. Naxo? Yeah. Like he was on Lex Friedman podcast talking about this. I got 2.5 million views. He's on Bankless now. Not necessarily going to get two. Another 5 million, million views. Friends. Another 5 million <laughs> Dude, this guy, this guy is like set, his business is set for life. Like he doesn't need to do any
0: marketing ever. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. Did you pick up any uh, tips on how to secure your, uh, your crypto or is this all? Yeah, so, stuff? so
1: like one reason why like I'm like my computer has got a password on it. My phone has got a password on it, but I wouldn't say I go off to the nth degree to protect my systems because I self custody. And so, like, f- 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 take my computer. I don't give a fuck. There's nothing on there. Like, my, mo- my money's not on my computer. And so, like, I've always kind of assumed that, like, self-custody with proper private key management is the ultimate defense to, like, yeah, the internet, like, I am not sophisticated enough to defend my computer from the internet. And so, like, my defense is I don't put any money on my computer. And I also understand how to not get fished. And so like, I don't know, like what's your, that's my philosophy.
0: I used to be, I used to be really worried about that sort of thing. I used to be really worried about wrench attacks and all of these things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a lot less worried now because I think good private key management means that you're doing things like um, you could have a smart contract wallet with a dead man switch, for example. Um, So if you stop like responding, dead man switch activates and like that, those funds can be forwarded to a different uh, eth address. Um right. you can have things like multisig. So um if you know there was a scenario where someone was trying to force you to give up your private keys but you were one of you know a two of three multisig kind of signer on some account. Well they need to do more than that. They need to compromise not only you but but right. w- at least one other signer of that account. That person could be a lawyer, you, you could do all sorts of things with um, smart contract wallets right. and a good private key um, like sharing that 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 make it effectively so that you are not the the sole vector of attack. And right. um, I think instituting those types of things for private key management is is really sort of a next step for for people, so that um, they're kind of I don't say you're immune from wrench attacks, but it's like it does no good if a, a hacker actually physically locates you and says cough up right. the private keys if exactly, yeah. you're just a signer on a multi and you just don't have access to it and you know your lawyer does and an accountant has like that's definitely the future and uh that's why i'm not long-term worried about that being a, a vector of attack either
1: right yeah yeah i was like it's like the ultimate defense is like there is a big wall between my devices and my money and like that i was just assumed it's going to be like like fuck it take my device internet like you can have my device there's nothing there yeah you could you could dm ryan and try and get him to download a pdf but uh i mean ryan whenever i send you a pdf on discord you're like get that fucking thing away from me yeah
0: i mean some of that helps for sure yeah and just um i definitely have my guard up though um with crypto with like links or with with anything um and i think that's wise for for everybody in the space to do um right yeah we we'll probably do more content on that but uh anyway this has been uh our talk with with the fed with the fed uh probably <laughs> last one for a while but uh get upset <laughs> because we've talked to a lot of feds recently. <laughs> yeah we have we have <laughs> all right guys hope you enjoyed the debrief cheers bye